following message is from the North Shore Christian Center MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about North Shore Christian Center is available at www.nscc.org.au. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. Beautiful scripture. This is what it says. It says, For God made him who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Do you know what I call this scripture? I call this scripture the great exchange. Everybody say the great exchange. There is no greater exchange than this one. This is the greatest of all exchanges. And you know what the exchange is? It's unbelievable. God says, you give me all of your sins and I'll give you all of my righteousness. Come on, can anybody go, wow? Can you say it backwards? Even better. You give me all of your sins and I'll give you all of my righteousness. How can you pass that deal up? That's the best deal that is. And that's all that scripture says is that Jesus became sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. And you know what conversion is all about? Salvation is all about believing that. Not only believing it, but receiving it. On the front of your newsletter, I've written you a little story. A French writer called Henry Babus tells of a conversation that was overheard in a trench full of wounded men during the First World War. One of the men who knew he only had a few minutes to live goes to his mate whose name was Dominic. And he says, Dominic, you've led a very bad life. Everywhere you're wanted by police. But there are no convictions against me. So here, my name is clear. Take my wallet. Take my papers. Take my identity. Take my good name. My life. And hand me your papers. And I will take them to the grave and you can take my life into your new world. What a great illustration of exactly what Jesus did. Saying, come on, let's do this exchange. You give me all of your badness. You give me all of your sin. You give me all of your rubbish. And I'll give you a brand new life. And that's what we believers believe happened. And so we say, we've come to a place where we've said, yeah, I acknowledge, first of all, that I've done sin. I acknowledge, first of all, that I've made mistakes. And then what else I acknowledge is that Jesus paid the penalty for all of my mistakes when he died upon the cross. And so I repent of my sins. I believe in Jesus And I receive his forgiveness. And that's what Mark 
beautiful Mark says in the gospel of Mark 16, 16, he says, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. And so that's the beginning point is believing that. That's the start where I can believe that Jesus paid the penalty for me. I can believe that he paid the price for my salvation. How many of you can believe that? Is that hard for you to do, to believe that? How many of you honestly believe that Jesus paid the price, the penalty for your sins? Well, you know what the Bible says? That's step one. Step two is to be baptized. Step one is to believe. Step two is to be baptized. Well, why be baptized? Well, number one, he commanded it. So if that's where it stops, you know what? I don't need an explanation. If he's the boss and I'm the servant, if he just says, John, be baptized, I don't say, why? I just say, okay. But you know what? He does offer an explanation. And so that's wonderful to have the explanation. And the explanation is this, is that we actually identify with his death and burial. So he paid the price. He paid the penalty. He suffered. He bled. He died. He did it in real life. And then he says, would you identify with me symbolically in my death and resurrection? And the symbol of it is that you actually get buried into the water to identify with my death and my burial. And you come up out of the water to identify with my resurrection from the dead. I actually did it and was pained to do it. And all you've got to do is get wet and do it. How many of you think that's a pretty good deal? Huh? He doesn't say, you die and get buried and then rise from the dead. He says, all you've got to do is get buried in the water and then come up. Why, why, why is that? As a sign of identity identifying with what I did for you. Come up here, sweetheart. This is my beautiful wife of 31 years. How many of you think Annie's gorgeous? I think she's gorgeous. 31 years ago, at a beautiful church in Canberra, I saw my beautiful wife walk down the aisle and we got married. And you know what Anne gave me on our wedding day? She gave me this ring. And I've been wearing it for 31 years. How many of you have seen this ring? Well, if you're not seeing it, you can see it right now. There you go. And I gave her a ring. Where's yours, darling? Just make sure that the right finger is up, okay? And she's been wearing it for 31 years as well. Now, how many of you know that this ring is a symbol of our marriage? And I've been wearing it with pride for 31 years. Have you been doing the same, sweetheart? Because for 31 years, this ring has been telling the world, I love Anne. Baptism is like the wedding ring. 
The marriage is believing. That's the marriage. Jesus, I believe in you. I I receive you. Would you wear my wedding ring? And my wedding ring for you is that you get baptized. And that's the symbol that you love me as much as I love you. And you know what you beautiful people are doing today? You're putting on his wedding ring. The symbol of your connection. The symbol of your love. And just as I wear my wedding ring with pride, would you wear your baptism with pride? Would you wear your baptism as a sign that I belong to Jesus and I want the whole world to know that I belong to Jesus. When I wear that wedding ring, I want the whole world to know that I've got a beautiful wife. I want every woman in the world to know I'm out of the game. I've been taken out and happily taken out because I am a one-woman man. And when I got baptized, I said to all the gods of this world, I'm out of contention with you. I'm a one-God man. And his name is Jesus. And I will wear the sign of my love with pride. Friends, if you believe in Jesus, why wouldn't you wear the wedding ring? Why wouldn't you take on the symbol of baptism, which is a sign that he loves you and you love him? So can I just encourage you, if you haven't been baptized, what are you waiting for? He did everything possible for you. It's time for you to wear his love with pride. Amen. Amen. Did you like that? I love that. I just think there's something special about water baptisms. And don't forget those of you that have got words for those people that got baptized. Just... um, just write them out, give them to Helen, give them to Anne, and that's fine. We just pull in the plug whilst Chris is still wet. I know it's very hard for me to start talking when there's all sorts of action happening there. Someone in, that's all right. <laughs> Once that's done, just pull the curtain across and then whatever's happening back there. I've got 15 minutes, and that's all, that's all I'll need. I want to talk to you about life being a journey. There's a scripture in, in Psalm. Chapter 16, verse 11, I want to read to you. Beautiful psalm, but just this one verse in Psalm 16, verse 11, and it says, You will show me the path of life. The path of life. There is not one person in this auditorium today that's not on a journey. And you know what I believe? I believe that it's not coincidence that you're here today. I believe it's all part of God just bringing you into a place where you can hear this message that life is a journey. And every journey has a beginning. And your beginning was when you were born. Do you know that you were not an accident? You say, but John, you know, I I was born in a home where uh, a a young lady had an accident and I was born. No, no, no. Let me tell you, there's no accident. 
There is no accident. You were designed to live. The reason you're alive today is because God ordained for you to be alive today. And he skillfully formed you while you were in your mother's womb and put destiny in your life. Isn't that a better story than you were an accident of chance? Because you've got one of two things to believe. You can either believe you were an accident of chance or you were a designed, unique, original, individual, shaped and put together by the creator of the universe. Choose what you want to believe. But I believe the latter, and I believe the latter because that's what this book, the Bible, tells me in Psalm 139, that I was skillfully put together by Almighty God. And so my journey began when I was born into this world. My journey began. Your journey began. And so we've all done a journey to get us to this point. But the thing with the journey is that if you really want to do it well, you've got to find out where the destination is. And you know what? What a beautiful thing to know that the destination is back with the Creator. See, He designed me, He put me together, but His purpose was that I would discover Him while here on this earth. And that, that I would align my journey to get to the celestial city, to live with him forever and ever, to understand his purpose. And today, seven people have gone through the waters of baptism saying, I've discovered my purpose. I've discovered that my journey has a destination and I want to align myself so that I can get to my destination with joy. How sad it is for people that wander through this world never knowing where their real destination is. And so what happens is that we get programmed on how to live life. So little boys get programmed, well, you've got to get a job. You've got to get a vocation. Why? So that you can support your wife and support a family and make a living so you can buy a house. And then after you've bought a house, you, you have little kids and they grow up and you send them to school and they get an education so they can grow up and, and they can get a good job and get a house so that they can then have kids to have an education. And, and, and you wake up one day and you start thinking, isn't there a little bit more to life than just that? Now, none of that is bad. And all of that sort of stuff is good for us to understand, but that's not what the journey is all about. Because then when you follow that through, well, once the kids are out of your hair and, and ours, we got three and a half weeks and then our kids are out of our hair. And what do you do then? Well, then you start preparing yourself for retirement. And what do you do then? Oh, well, then you're able to enjoy all the hard work and you're, and you're able to go on holidays and you're able to... And, 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 but in actual fact, all you're doing is preparing yourself to die. What is that? Is that what life's all about? It's, you get this little bit of enjoyment right at the end before you die. And then what happens? Well, well I just hope that I've lived a good life and maybe if there's an afterlife, maybe. Come on. See, that's not living life with purpose. That's not living life with understanding. And so what happens was this, is that God left us a record in this book called the Bible 
so that we might know what the journey is about, that we might know where the destination really is and what it's all about. And what it's all about is to discover the love of God. It's to discover that the creator of the universe is a spiritual being and you cannot measure him with physical instruments when he is not a physical being. He's a spiritual being. So how do you measure a spiritual being? By opening up your spirit and starting to have relationship. And that's what we've discovered. And for us, God is spirit and our spirits have been awakened our spirituality has been awakened and we've discovered the true purpose of life can i tell you that the journey of life is easier if we do a few things one of the things that makes the journey easier is when we do it with friends that are going in the same direction as we are oh let me tell you for me One of the greatest things about my journey was discovering my wife, Anne. We were in Bible school at the time, and and I discovered this beautiful young lady that was going where I was going, that had the same culture that I had, that had the same beliefs that I had, that was doing this journey and heading the same direction. And I looked and I thought, boy, if if there's a partner to the journey with, this is very pleasing to the eye. And she's fun to be with. And she makes me laugh. And, 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 and so we hitched. We hitched our wagon together. And we are doing life together. How much more beautiful is life when you do it with people that you love? Then we surround ourselves with people. And so our church is filled with people that we love and we're doing the journey with because we're all heading in the same direction. And how beautiful it is. One of the other wonderful people in my life is Helen. I just love Helen. We've been doing life together now for nearly 16 years with Helen and we're all going the same direction. And I just love her faith. I just love her enthusiasm. I just love the fact that she can get angry sometimes with things and I have to settle her down and it's okay. I have to do the same with Anne. I'm, I'm one of these guys that are able to settle the, the wild women around me down. And, and, uh, but I love the wild women. I love the passion. I love them getting a little bit angry. How many of you men love the wild women? But you just got to know how to handle them, that's all. Because if you don't know how to handle them, they'll eat you alive for breakfast. I'm telling <laughs> Life is so much more beautiful when you choose the people to do it with that are going where you're going. And you're heading in the same direction. And you don't reach a crossroad and one day they say, well, I've just changed my mind. I'm going here. Well, well, well I thought we were going there. Well, I'm going somewhere else. How sad is that? 31 years later, was just with my wife. I just love the fact that we're getting older together. It was her birthday yesterday. And I just said to her, sweetheart, one of the greatest things about getting older is being surrounded by friends that are doing the journey of life with you. And guess what? They're getting older as well. How wonderful is that? How beautiful is that? Let me tell you another thing that makes the journey easier. It's just when you start to realize that things are nicer when they're shared. 
I can't enjoy a meal by myself. I cannot. I hate going out to eat by myself. It's like, this is nicer if there's someone enjoying it with you. And, I, and, I, and we raised our kids with this one motto. Things are nicer when they're shared. And so when they get a lolly or when they get something, things are nicer when they're shared. Things are nicer when they're shared. So it took them a while to learn that lesson because little kids can be selfish. But now that they're adults, they've just learned that things are nicer when they're shared. Things are, and so generosity of heart makes the journey so much easier. When you start to share life and share stories and share stuff, it's so beautiful. Here's another thing that makes life easier, is realizing that the pain is only temporary. How many of you discover that there's pain on the journey? Yeah, you don't have to take the journey too long to discover that there's pain on the journey. But you know what? A long, long time ago, Anne and I said, we are going to turn our pain into gain. And whatever pain we go through is actually going to help us to become wiser it's going to help us to become more compassionate. It's going to help us to help people. We're going to turn our pain into gain. And so I just know that, that the pain journey is only a journey. But when it's come to an end, that somehow God's going to turn that around and it's going to be a blessing for someone. And so it's not that I go looking for pain. I'm not a sadist. I don't go looking for it. But I just know when life throws me a painful experience that God is going to turn it around and it's going to become a blessing for someone. Probably one of the hardest, probably one of the hardest experiences that Anne and I have ever went through was when our second son just started to walk away from God. That was just probably in all of our 31 years of marriage, probably the hardest thing for us to come to grips with. But you know what? All that it's done has just made me more compassionate for parents whose children walk away from God. And so I was able to do a wedding yesterday for parents in this church whose daughter had walked away from God. And she said, but John, they, they, they want a Christian minister. to marry. Would you do so? And I said, yeah, as long as they comply with a few things, they do the premarital counseling. But I found that, that I had so much more compassion for the situation because of my own pain and I thought you know what if I was in this position I pray to God that someone would treat my son like I'm treating someone else's daughter and it just makes life a lot more easier to understand when you understand that God has an ability to turn your pain into gain if you're willing for him to do so let me finish, and I've got another 15 points that I'll do some other time, but my time is up here, and I know that you're spellbound, and you'd love me to go through it all, but you know, there's always next week, and there's always the week after, and we're here to do the journey with you year in and year after, and I'm not going to tell you everything right now, because I've got another 20, 30 years to tell you a lot more, and by that time, I'll know a lot more than I know now. But Steve, if you can just come forward and finish off with me. I just want to finish off by saying this. One of the most beautiful ways to do the journey is hand in hand with Jesus. <laughs> oh, to do it with Jesus. I, I'm passionate about Jesus. To me, he's not just a religious figure. To me, he's not just... 
a theological concept. He's my friend. He's my savior. How beautiful it is to do the journey hand in hand with him. How beautiful it is to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But fear no evil because you know that he's with you. To go through difficult seasons in life where everything is shouting at you and the blackness and the darkness is all encompassing. Where you're not able to see, but you're able to feel his hand holding you. One of the beautiful things that Jesus did when he came into my life was that he broke the shackles. Because the Bible gives us this this, this metaphor that, that people that go through life without Jesus are actually people that are shackled and are in bondage and are not maximizing their life. And they've got all sorts of stuff on their life that the enemy just just. Puts, it's like chains. And in Mark chapter 5, there's this amazing story of the demoniac that, that he's exactly like that. He was bound and in shackles and in chains. But Jesus came along and he broke the shackles. He broke the chains. He broke the bondages. And the man was free. Free. Free to live the life that God had ordained. And you know what? A lot of people that are in bondage and check don't even realize it. They just know that, that there's something missing. That's what they know. There's something missing, but they don't know what it is. And so they're constantly searching for the thing that will make them happy. And maybe a new house will make me happy. Or maybe a new boat will make me happy. Or maybe a new husband will make me happy. Or maybe a new wife will make me happy. Or maybe if I have kids, it'll make me happy. Or maybe if I just have more money, it'll make me happy. And they're constantly looking to satisfy the desire of their heart. But I want to tell you, the desire of your heart is Jesus. Jesus, the Son of God that fills the whole that fills the aching, that fills the longing. When you have him in your life, then your journey takes on significance. What a beautiful thing it is to say, Jesus, would you come into my life? As soon as you say that he's there, he listens. And when he comes into your life, he takes away all the bondage, takes away all the sin, he takes away all the dirt, he takes away all the confusion, and he puts it right and puts you on the destiny, the track that leads to life forevermore. Because that scripture in Psalm chapter 16, verse 11 finishes, you will show me the path of life. And in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Come on. That's what he wants for you. That you might have a maximized life. That you might have a life with purpose and with direction. And right now, he's knocking at your heart's door and say, come on, let me in. I'll fix things up. I'll remove the bondage give you direction. I'll show you the way of life. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer.
Thanks for listening to this message from the North Shore Christian Centre Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at www.nscc.org.au. Through our website, you can keep up to date with what's happening in the life of our church in Chatswood, New South Wales, as well as accessing other free resource materials. 